With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Gallagher Shots YouTube channel. My name is Matthew and thank you for being here for another episode, a long overdue episode of Beyond the Lines. It's a show where we get an opposition supporters view when it comes to previewing Newcastle's next game. And this Saturday, 12.30, London is calling for Eddie Howe's mags as we travel to the Olympic Stadium to take on West Ham. And to help me preview this one, I'm joined by my first ever repeat guest, he is your friend. He is my friend. He is a podcaster. He is a West Ham fanatic. He is a lovely gentleman. He's a beautiful gentleman. It's James Jones, ladies and gentlemen. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me back. Oh, no. Pleasure. And thank you for, for coming on. Um, we'll, we'll jump at the match um, in, in a bit, but let's uh, we, 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 well, we spoke on the first game of the season last time. We were pretty much previewing our seasons. How have you found West Ham's season so far? Well, I mean, if we go back to that first game, um, we ran out comfortable winners despite Callum Wilson scoring in the first minute, I think, f- for you guys. And yeah. that set the tone, really, for the rest of our season so far. Um, it's been really, really good. We're, we're fifth now, but we were... It's only because, um, I think, United won in the week. So, we're now fifth, but we've been fourth for most of the season. Um, and you can't really complain with... <laughs> particularly yeah. in West Ham you can't really complain with it so it's been good I think a lot of West Ham fans have been quite quite surprised that we've built on last season so well because last season came out of nowhere for us um, following a, a relegation battle and then you finished sixth almost finished fourth and then a lot of West Ham fans were like with Europe to contend with as well small squad um, we're probably going to be mid-table uh, at, the, at best, and instead we've we followed it up with another top four challenge. So it's been pleasantly pleasantly surprising. Um, really, really good. Europe's been good for us as well. Um, the form recently, though, although on paper it looks good, the performances have begun to dwindle a little bit. They haven't been as we haven't been as ruthless as we were at the beginning of the season. Let's put it that way. Yeah, two wins, two wins in your last five. I mean, sort of rescued a draw 
at the death against Leicester after surrendering the lead. Yep. Is it one of those ones where, you know, West Ham, Leicester, 2-2 two, two on paper, like you've just said, seems like a sort of fair result, but maybe would you say you were almost lucky to get that get that draw? I mean, I know that you started putting pressure on them near the end, but to sort of surrender the lead the way you did and then go behind, it must have been a little bit frustrating. Well, we, we gifted them the equaliser with a, with a penalty at the end of the first half where Aaron Cresswell forgot that he wasn't the goalkeeper. <laughs> um, and then they come out strong in the second half and then we had to rely on um, technically Craig Dawson's arm to, to to rescue a point. I think it was probably a fair result on, on the face of it. Yeah. Um, but going into that game, we were, we, we were thinking, right, we should win this because Leicester have, have been poor recently. Mm-hmm. Rubbish at set pieces, defending set pieces. We're like, and we're pretty good at set pieces. Yeah. So it's like, right, this is perfect for us. Didn't really go to plan, but it was, it was another game where our players just looked absolutely knackered. Um, and it's, we didn't invest in January, so it's literally the same squad all season. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's beginning to show a little bit that the players are getting a little bit tired. Yeah, it was, it was the lack of investment sort of in the in the summer as well. So to, you know, get as far as you have been, like it's sort of a bit of sweet pill to swallow because it's shown that that, that squad, maybe depth, maybe depth is the wrong word, but the quality's there because you're putting together results. You're doing okay, um, doing very well, but just with those reinforcements off the bench, if you would have brought in two or three players maybe in January or something, you could have really kicked on, couldn't you? Yeah, I mean, we've got 14 very good players. Um, but once you get one or two injuries, which, you've, which we've got, then mm. that kind of suddenly you've literally got starting 11 and then a lot of players on the bench that really aren't good enough to come on and, and, and you know change games if we're chasing. Um, it, like January was a massive disappointment for us because... With Europe, the last 16 coming in the Europa League, uh, we're still in the FA Cup. We're trying to finish in the top four. We've got a big opportunity because no one seems to really want to finish in the top four this year. Yeah. Um, and it was like, right, go out and get another striker to help Antonio because he's you know scored two in his last 19, I think. Yeah. Um, he's our only striker. Go out and get another centre half because you know, Obama's out for the rest of the season. We need someone because it's a Diop's a little bit ropey and Craig Dawson, bless him, he's like 35 and a good player, but not someone, you know, you really want to be relying on to, yeah. to be your best centre-back for, mm-hmm. for the rest of the season. So West Ham fans thought we were going to invest, thought we were going to, you know, add depth. We didn't. And I think the fear now is that we're going to, we're going to regret that come May, yeah. I think. I mean, we've spoken about your form there, um, but then looking at the table, you've got, you know, looking over your shoulder, you've got a couple of teams and two of probably your main rivals in Spurs and Arsenal with, three games in hand. Now, they aren't the most reliable teams, especially Tottenham at the moment. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to strike the fear of God in you, but I appreciate what you're saying because if you've got those extra players, just the one or two, I mean, like a Lingard for your last season, it makes all the difference to be able to put him in the first team and have someone like a Ben Rahman who can come off the bench. Is that correct? Like, is that something that you would have would have preferred? Yeah, that's another aspect to it. You know, we, we were... Depends which way you look at it, but I would say we were quite fortunate that we weren't really affected by the COVID cancellations. I think we had one. Yeah, um, and then I mean, I've got me notes here, mate, that you're one of, you're one of only four teams to play 25 games so far. Yeah, this yeah. I mean, we've already replayed that game. It was against Norwich, um, yeah. and we won it. But we knew that there were so many teams playing catch up, and we knew that there wasn't a lot of points points between us all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just another reason why we just needed just to give the squad a bit of a boost. Like you said, like Lingard last year, he came in midway through the season and just gave us that boost that we needed just to continue 
um, pushing until the end of the season, you know. And even if it wasn't Lingard this January, it could have been a striker to cut, you know, someone like Divock Origi that I was really, really looking yeah. for us to sign. Literally the, the very definition of a, a bench player, mm-hmm. a very effective bench player. Go and get him. Liverpool don't want him. Go and get him. And we didn't. And yeah, I think, you know, with the likes of Spurs, Arsenal, even Wolves are in the conversation all of a sudden. Yeah, they've, they've really well, quietly went about their business, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. And there's just so many teams there fighting for that fighting for that fourth spot. And we've got the thinnest thinnest squad and we played the most games. So it's looking very unlikely that we're gonna we're gonna win that race at the moment. So I mean the big question is, I mean, I won't hold you to it, but where do you think you'll finish this season? Then what where what will I guess first question is where would you hope? I mean, obviously hope is fourth, but with a bit of optimism, where do you think you'll finish? But being realistic. <laughs> We've still got to play all of those teams, so there is still a, a chance that we can, you know, keep ahead. But I think realistically, we're probably looking at sixth or seventh. Yeah. I think I think Arsenal are the outsiders for fourth. I think United will be there or thereabouts. Uh, they will grind out results. Um, Spurs, you just don't know what they're going to do, and Wolves are not dark horses, really, aren't yeah. they? So I think sixth or seventh, and I think West Ham fans, despite us being in fourth for most of the season. We'll be quite pleased if we stay in some sort of European competition next season. Yeah. Then I think we'll be happy. I mean, take out you know the big sort of takeover shaped elephant in the room with Newcastle <laughs> United. Um, just us talking about this now, I think sort of not sort of to digress from the match preview, but it really sort of epitomizes the fear of the top six. You're talking about the top four there, and you've mentioned Arsenal, Man United mentioned Arsenal as an outside chance, Man United there or thereabouts. It's crazy the fact that we're even sitting... I'm totally agreeing with you, by the way. Like, yeah. I, I just It's crazy that we're not like, oh, it's going to be between five teams or six teams to whoever, what order. But Wolves yeah. are in there, West Ham are in there. There's always the chance that another team might gear crash at least one of the European spots with a run near the end of the season. It's not going to be Newcastle, but, you know, it's going to be... It could be someone. And it really does epitomise... The fact that the top six, again, in inverted commas, are why they're scared, Tottenham's form, it shows that they're trying to batten down the hatches now with these rumours recently of trying to get places in the Champions League through not just performance places. I mean, what do you make of that? Do you, I mean, I'm surely like you're any any other football fan. And like I say, I'm, I'm going to say this because I'm a Newcastle supporter and hopefully our future looks very bright. But when you're a West Ham fan and you're hearing these, I mean, after the Super League, you're hearing other sort of musings of, you know, not being able to qualify for the Champions League through performance bases or, or reducing those spots. I mean, how does that make you feel? Well, it's, it just shouldn't be allowed to happen, full yeah. stop. You know, what's the point of playing a 38-game season if at the end of it you you don't get rewarded for, for your success? Completely um, agree. And they are worried those clubs, they are worried. I mean, the, f- the fact that West Ham didn't sign Jesse Lingard is because Man United wouldn't sell to us. I think you find he was going to come to Newcastle, but... Uh, <laughs> I mean, he might have done. I'm already but, joking. But, but they, either they, way, they were, they were playing, they were, they, were being ridic- they were being ridiculous, they were cutting their noses off despite their faces. Yeah. Basically, well, with, with us, it was, they wanted to milk us because of the money. With you guys, it was like a non-starter because they were petrified of you. They knew yeah. that if they sell to you, it's going to really give you a shot in the arm and turn yeah. those games you're drawn into wins, simple as. Yeah, yeah, and it just shows that they're worried. I think all the clubs, all the traditional top six clubs, um, yeah. barring City and Liverpool, maybe Chelsea. Yeah, the, the rest of them are worried. The rest yeah. of them are worried, and um, it shows how far 
for some of the other clubs like West Ham, like Wolves, Leicester, you could put Leicester in the same conversation, yeah, Newcastle definitely. eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, how far they've come when you've got Man United worried worried about them. Yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to say is, is like, look, like we could still go down this season, you know, and hopefully with the room we're putting together now, that's not going to happen. But, you know, it's still a, a, a definite possibility. So as a new Newcastle supporter, I'm obviously going to say this is unfair because people and people would say, of course you'd say that because you know that in the next few years, if you don't go down, you're going to kick on. But take me out the conversation, like West Ham, brilliant last two seasons. Leicester stuttered a bit, but still there or thereabouts and they've still won trophies in the last couple of years. And you've got, you know, like Wolves on the precipice of maybe gay crashing the party. Like, it's not, like you just said, imagine having such a great season and not being rewarded for it because two, uh, six teams said you're not allowed. Like, it's yeah. just on, 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 on paper, just on a totally ethical level, it's just wrong. It, to- it totally just takes competition. Out. And I know we're probably going to regurgitate the Super League conversation here, and we won't, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I, th- I think... For those clubs, you can see why they're worried and they want to try and protect their, technically protect their income um, and their prestige and, and all mm-hmm. the rest of it. But, you know, to, to organisations like the Premier League, it should be like they should be celebrating the fact that Wolves, West Ham, Leicester, even Brighton threatened it earlier on in the season, yeah. um, that they're really pushing for it, that they're really going for it, you know, rather than just have a top four or top six. Mm-hmm. At the moment, it's a top eight or nine. Yeah, definitely. And everyone's competitive. It makes it more competitive. We always hear about how the Premier League's the best league in the world. Well, it's even better if you've got eight teams that can potentially qualify for the Champions League every year. Um, rather than just cut it off to, to four four or six teams. So it should be a good thing for the Premier League. I can't imagine that they'd, they'd be that willing to sanction what mm-hmm. the these top six clubs want, to be honest. Again, it's and I think and I hope that you know any sort of musings of trying. I mean, they've, they've said they've rejected some sort. I can't remember what it's called. Owners, like I can't remember what it's called. Some sort of um, what's the word? Um, I'm totally I'm totally drawn a blank. But you know, some 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 points that have been put forward basically to be signed and you know the next rules and like a proposal, yeah, a proposal. That's probably the word yeah. I'm looking for, James. Thank you. Is is the fact that like you know the fact they're rejecting that just shows how scared they are. But it just shows that they're still gonna try to do similar things they did with the Super League and, and I just hope that the fans of these teams like they did before just say we're not having it like yeah. I hope I really hope because that's really what basically put the nail in an already made coffin because it was never going to get off the, the ground but it, even when it looked like there might be a chance those those fans of Chelsea, Liverpool, City they all said look when the managers as well like Guardiola, Klopp they said look you can't reward failure with success and that's mm. what you would be doing if you're given the Champions League but mm. we won't talk about those idiots anymore that's stupid I'm, I've totally took it off the sidetrack there but um, we'll talk about the game um, now this game this fixture I was looking at previous fixtures and I was trying to recall them in my head and I thought there's been plenty of goals there and I tweeted a night saying there's been 22 goals in the last five meetings against Newcastle and West Ham Including two, three, two wins for Newcastle at St James's Park and at your place, and obviously a four-two win for you already this season. Do you see it going a similar way? Do you reckon that both teams will score more than one goal? Yeah, I think there be there will be goals again. Um, obviously, you guys look a lot a lot tighter at the back. Uh, with, since... with, with bringing in bringing in Dan Burns uh, yeah, and, and I mean... Trippier is obviously injured, which is a big blow. But Matt Target's been a, a big sign as well. Yeah, you, you do look a lot tight at the bat. I, I watched Dan Burns' debut last week; he was superb. Yeah, um, yeah. so that's that's a big bonus. And but we've when we've got players like Jared Bowen, um, who 
who's on absolute fire at the moment. Um, Antonio, mm. if he can be bothered, might pop up with something. <laughs> um, we've got we've got creativity. We you know we can still score goals. Um, whereas our defence is you know really struggling at the moment. Soufal was awful against Leicester, so was Cresswell. Mm. It's a Diop, hot and cold. Um, Craig Dawson is the best best of a bad bunch at the moment in terms of yeah. defence. So I'm expecting, and when you've got like Alan St. Maximan and you know Chris Wood like scores for fun whenever he plays against us. So <laughs> I am I'm really worried about that. I can't remember what his record is against us, but it just always seems like he used to score against us when he played for Burnley. It's so, going to be one of those ones if, if he scores, it happens when Newcastle all the time because he hasn't scored for Newcastle yet. Obviously. Well, I mean, it basically means he's definitely going to score at least. One. <laughs> I've had premonitions he's going to miss a penalty. No, he's going to score. He, he, he might score eight or something like that. Just to yes, I'll take it. I'll take that. But, um, <laughs> I mean, it is one of those ones, though, because you're... So, I mean, you've just said about us tightening up things at the back. Um, obviously, we are scoring goals because we've scored, you know, um, five goals in our last three, which isn't too bad for a team that looked pretty toothless um, going through the season. Um, but, you, like you said, Max Maxman is a dynamic player. I do love him, like a lot of Newcastle fans do, but... He needs to be on his game, simple as against Villarreal. He wasn't, but he does always have that moment. But let's talk about your sort of maverick, Jared Bourne. You've just hinted on him there. How much has he is he developed over the last few seasons? Because when you got him from Hull, we were looking at him as well. And we were begging Steve Bruce to try and knock the door down to sign him. He sort of eased his way into the team, but this season he just seems to have became that player where you, every time someone sees him score in the pub, they say he's a player in. Yeah. Yeah, in his first full season, yeah, I think he scored eight goals last year, but there were a lot of criticisms um, when it came to his finishing. Mm-hmm. He'd always get in the right in the right positions in the box, get, get himself into really good positions, but his finishing was way off last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, if he can sort that out, we've got a player on our hands. And this year he's done it. And, yeah. you know, he, he can play out front, he can play out wide, uh, sort of go against Leicester where he just timed his run perfectly in behind the defence. Um, even though it was a, a hit and hope from Issa Diop up the field, yeah. I'm fortunate with that. But um, he reads the game so well, and he's just a nuisance. Like even off the ball, he will harry defenders. He presses. He's uh, just. It's not still not perfect. It's still not perfect yeah. by 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 any stretch. But if you compare the player that the Jared Bowman had last season to the one we got this season, it's like almost twice the player when you consider his work rate. He's played. I think he's, I think he's appeared in every game he played this season. Yeah, I mean, we've played near 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 forty games, I think. Um, if you include like Europa League and Cup games, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, like just a just a class act, and I'm just a bit worried that we're not going to be able to keep him beyond the summer. He works very hard clubs. as well. He works very hard as well, doesn't he, James? Like, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's he, he, you see him. He's a, he nips at people's heels. He tries to win the ball back. You said it with his pressing game there, yeah. And that's one thing. If I would, I would, I would definitely say is like when you've said last season he's getting criticisms about finishing completely forgot about that because he's been ruthless in some of his finishes whether it's near post far post he's he always I always picture him I know he plays up front sometimes but left side right foot just that 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 little little caressing at the bottom corner or whacking it near post he he seems to score different types of finishes but in the same types of areas does that make sense am I correct there yeah yeah he's he's got variety to his to his finishing now um, mm-hmm. you know, even his his goal against Watford last week, where it was a big deflection from outside the area, very fortunate. And he came out after and said, "Well, you know, don't shoot, don't score." And yeah, he's exactly. kind of he's he's now got that mentality. Is like you know, well, and, and you know, something like when you when you're in form, those goals go go for you. Mm-hmm. If he was out of form, it might have hit Road Z. 
But, yeah, yeah. you know, um, he just went, you know, if you don't shoot, don't score. So he's got that mentality now. He's confident. Um, so, yeah, like, we're just, we're just absolutely buzzing that we've got him chipping him in the goals because at the moment, <laughs> no one else is chipping in with him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so before we go and give predictions for the game, Mikel Antonio, strange one, because you've said there he hasn't scored two. It's got two and 19, was that? It's two or three and 19, something yeah. like that, yeah. But I mean, he was he was almost like a Callum Wilson for us that he was one of your talismanic players, but it was when he was on the pitch. Like, he got yeah. injured quite easily. He's got to run a games together now, but it, is it something that he's changed in his game, would you say? Is, it, is he coming too deep for the ball or is it just not going for him? So we, we've got a theory on, on our podcast that um, at the beginning of the season, he was chasing the, the club record for um, Premier League goals. He was mm-hmm. he was just behind Paolo Di Canio. Wow. Uh, and he was banging them in and he ended up getting the record. I think he's on 52 now. The record was 48. Um, but ever since that's happened, he's scored since then. He's scored maybe four or five since then, but sort of not as consistently. And our theory is that because he's got no one behind him, no one pressing his position... He's, he's under no pressure. He knows if he's fit, and to his credit, he's stayed fit all season so far. Touch wood, he, mm. he continues that. But because he's got no competition for that for that position up front, it's a good point. He's relaxed. He knows he's going to get picked every week. Mm. Um, so I think I don't think he's deliberately relaxed. He's not deliberately switching off and going. Well, I've got my record now. I know I'm playing playing every week. Yeah. I'm not going to bother. It's not that at all. Um, it's more subconsciously, he's not being challenged. You know, he, he's got he's got no reason to to really try and force his way into David Moyes' plans because he has to be he, in David Moyes' plans. David Moyes, yeah. He, yeah. So I think it's just subconsciously that that that's his mentality at the moment. And it's, I mean, against Leicester, he he just sort of jogged around the pitch, didn't really look that bothered. Um, and it's probably an element of tiredness as well because I don't think he's played so many games in a row hmm. for the club since he arrived because of his injury record. Um, so, yeah, it's a strange one. And he's been flying over to Jamaica to play international games recently. Yeah, th- which that can't help. help. Yeah, so definitely. He's, he's tired and... Because he's scored some, scored some brilliant goals for Jamaica. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, um, so, yeah, I think it's just he's tired and just doesn't need to try hard to, to, to you know, get into David Moyes' good books at the moment. So. Yeah. Because he doesn't seem like the type of player to down tools. No. I know what you mean. Every that's the same reason someone like a an Alex Ferguson used to at least buy one or two players in each position yeah. in Man United because he didn't want them players to get comfortable and exactly. want to know that you, you're going to need to kick on. So yeah, yeah, I think you might have a point there, James. Definitely. Um, so this game, the business, the business end of this podcast. I'm just going to put you on the spot straight away. What, what do you think? What do you, what do you think the prediction is going to be? What do you well, think the, the prediction is going to be? <laughs> What's your prediction? <laughs> I mean, we, we've already established that I think that, that there will be goals. Um, I, I mean, Newcastle are a completely different kettle of fish to the one we faced in the opening day of the season. So much has happened, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, and even without Trippier, um, still, I'm worried about this, this game at the weekend, mm-hmm. if I'm honest. I think I think it'd be two two. Words out of my mouth. I, I uh, not to sound like the the worst Martin Luther King impersonator ever, but I had a dream last night um, that we 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 drew two two. That we scored in the last minute and it got ruled out for VAR. Maybe that's because of the weekend. Yeah. Um But um, I I did like I just think there is like you've just said your your maybe your defense isn't great at the moment. 
We've got Chris Wood. You've said that he does well against West Ham, but we've also got Alan St. Maximin. Our midfield's doing much better. And we have got our, a goal in us. However, with Trippier missing, he did marshal that back for Dan Burns done brilliantly in his first game. I'm sure he'll do good against, against West Ham, but I think we'll have Emil Kraft playing right back. And bless him, he will try, but I think, um, you know, I think he's there to be got at. And I think, does Bowen play predominantly on the left-hand side for you guys? Uh, no, mostly on the right, but you can play right. both. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he gets switched at some point. I mean, whoever's on the right could have uh, could have a on the left side could have a good game against Kraft. But if he's not getting any joy, I'm not looking forward to seeing Jared Bowen if if he is up against Emil Kraft at right back. So that might be where he gets some joy. Um, you've mentioned set pieces. That's been we've been okay-ish at set pieces. Not great, not too bad in terms of defending. Would you say that's still a string in your bow still this season with the likes of Suchek? I mean, Suchek hasn't been the threat that he was last year. He he, he is uh, a worry amongst West Ham fans. He's not, he's not not the same player. Again, I'm putting it down to tiredness. He's played again. He's one of those players who played almost every game. Yeah. Um, and you've got a massive like 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 fair season to live up to there, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable. He, he was so good, and because no one had heard of him before he arrived, he caught everyone off guard a little bit. I think even he mm-hmm. caught opposition the opposition off guard, but. Um, I mean, he still performs well alongside Declan Rice in midfield, but he's not the, the aerial threat from set pieces that he was. But as we saw last weekend, Craig Dawson's the one to watch out for. He just he just throws himself at anything in the box, yeah. and you know, even if it comes off his shoulder, you know, he'll probably go in. So we are we are still a threat, but we're not because the Suchek's kind of dwindling a little bit. We're not as um, dangerous from set pieces as we were last year. I think we scored mo- most, more goals than anyone else from set pieces last season. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, it's still quite high this year, but not not as not as good as it was last year. Well, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Like I say, two two. If it comes off, I'll certainly be messaging you because uh, I, I just I just think there's there's goals to be had there. It's it's we're in form. You guys have had are having a great season. We'll see what happens. Watch it'll end up being nil nil now. But I think, uh, I think just just on that, like you guys being on form, like a month ago, I would have been licking my lips at this game. I'd have been going, yeah. brilliant, brilliant, you know. And then suddenly you do you do, you do some really good business in January, mm-hmm. um, put, a, put a run of results together, our confidence is high. And where we are getting results, but our performances are, have been poor, now I'm like, this is the worst time to play Newcastle. Literally the worst time to play Newcastle for me. That's an interesting um, point, actually, because I was going to ask you um, what your sort of, from an outsider perspective not having any sort of investment in Newcastle, what your sort of view of this run of form was. And really, do you, if you're a betting man, would you see Newcastle staying up this season? Yeah. 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 It, it, I think it all, it all, it, it was all going to be down to what business was done in, in January. Mm-hmm. I think you end up breaking the record for the most money spent in, in the January transfer window. Is it 92 million or something like that? Yeah. Um, I know we spent the most in, was it Europe or something, Stuart? Like something that? like that. Yeah. Um, I just, you look at it and go, well, barring, um, is it Gamirez in midfield? Who was like the... Yeah. Um, he's like, he was like the... The talisman. The, he, was the, the, he, was the, he was the marquee signing. He was the marquee signing. All mm-hmm. the rest were just experienced Premier League players. Yeah. Um, they weren't, you know, they weren't glamorous signings, but they were experienced Premier League players that will get you out of a, a hole. Mm-hmm. Trippier for me was a superb bit of business. Yeah, and that's one bit that you, I guess, as a West Ham fan, you have to sort of um, take some solace in the fact that Trippier, because he, he, I can't put into 
words how much of an effect he's had on the team from yeah. right back position. Not just the fact he scored two free kicks in two games, but the fact that he's just constantly marshalling that defence. There's a reason why after Lascelles was injured, you know, Trippier's fourth game, he's got the armband. There's mm. a reason behind that, and we could see it. Fifty-two thousand of us could see it from. from it's experience, isn't it? It's experience. Yeah. You need something, you know, particularly when you're down there, you need players like that to come in and just kind of almost give people a bit of a kick and just go, you know, I've been there, seen it and done it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is how you do it. Yeah. And um, and he's showing that, not just in his performances, but in his leadership already. He's, been, he's played, what, four games? Yeah. And already you see the changes. So that's why I think Newcastle will be absolutely fine. Um, I, I don't see any... Any scenario where where Newcastle go down now, absolutely. Right, well, if we go down, I'm blaming you. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't. I, mean, I won't be invited back. <laughs> um, one funny thing I did see before we go is, um, I mean, have you guys got? Have you guys got any injuries? I don't think you have. We've got a pretty much clean bill of health apart from I think it was Ogbonna, was it? Yeah, Ogbonna's out for the season, mm-hmm. um, and we've got fringe players are out. I think Masaraku's still injured, got an Achilles yeah. problem. But other than that, we have a fully fit squad, I believe. Yeah. I had a little Google just to see, like, if there any little talking points. And I don't know what website it was. It was, like, West Ham United News or something. It said, uh, training pictures are a massive blow for West Ham and huge boost for Newcastle. And I thought, oh, what? it was Jared Bowen out. It's what's going on. And then I went on the article, and it's, it showed you a picture of Alan St. Maximin training today. And they said, oh, he hobbled around for most of the second half. And we were hoping that he would be out for this game. And I just thought, mate, you've not watched the Newcastle game all season because... That lad, when he doesn't have the ball and things aren't going his way, he will hobble about everywhere. And then as soon as the ball comes near him, he's alive yeah. and well and, and, and looking tremendous. So I just yeah. thought it was quite funny that they thought, oh, there's a chance, there's a chance Alan St. Maxman's going to be out and well, he's in training today. But I've, I've, I'll teach you fans something there. Don't don't read it. If you see him hobbling second half, he's not going, well, I'm jinxed it now, haven't I? He will be hobbling. He'll go off with a hamstring or something. I'm pretty sure. Didn't he come off in the first game of the season? He, he, I think he got injured in the first game and I'm came off. I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. I can't remember yeah, that. I can't I'm remember. I'm not too sure. I mean, he, he is like, again, people might think I'm having a go at him there. He is one of the most dynamic players I've seen playing a black and white shirt in terms of what he can do with the ball at his feet. But he can be very frustrating in terms of what he does in the final third, whether it be brilliant or terrible. But then it's his uh, reaction to losing the ball. He sometimes just says it's because he's being kicked and he's he's a bit of a soft touch. But we love him nonetheless. And hopefully we'll have a good effect against your leaky defence on Saturday, mate. But no, um, no. We, we, we can't, you know, we can't predict the future, but we'll we'll both stick next to our guns with the two two predictions. But I just want to thank you for for coming on, James. It's been an absolute pleasure yet again. Hopefully it won't be the last time we see you. No, no, it's a pleasure, and I'm looking forward to my hat trick appearance at some point. Yeah. Soon. <laughs> I'll have to get your ball sent in the post. Please do, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> right, for everyone watching the video, thank you very much. Please like the video, share the video, comment, do all that good stuff, and we'll see you again on the Gallagher Shots YouTube channel. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.